Welcome to episode 87 of Bo Knows Health with Dave Kittle here for number 87. Sorry, we're going a little bit out of order if you got any OCDs going on with uh, looking at how the episodes are lining up on your podcast app. Um, I apologize for that, but yeah, we're trying to get back on track. I think we got about three more episodes to uh, get back into the right order of things, and we'll be coming up on episode 100, so I'd like to do something special for that. If uh, you get a chance, leave a rating, review, help this grow, keeps things going, gets the word out there. Hopefully, we're providing value and information that is useful to you, to your colleagues. This episode is a very valuable one, I think, for anyone in the physical therapy space, anybody who wants to have a healthier body and is ready to explore options between chiropractic, acupuncture, physical therapy. I think it's a good conversation around all of that. We define our versions of physical therapy. Uh, Dave is back where I grew up in New York City, and I'm over here in Colorado doing some similar things, it sounds like, going to people's homes, helping them get out of pain, helping them get a plan in place for long-term sustained fitness, which is awesome. So I'm excited for that. He also made a recent announcement on social media that he's actually buying up some physical therapy practices um, just to kind of clean up, I think, some of the the things that are not so great. But obviously, uh, you know, it's good to have it in better hands. I think Dave is one of the best in the business. Excited to have him on here for you guys to listen and to see how that project goes. I'd love to have him back on in a few months to talk about how purchasing some PT practices is going in New York City. Sounded like a bit of a tongue twister, but it worked out. So without further ado, hope you get 1% better at least from listening to this. Don't forget again, like, share, subscribe, leave a rating review, and we'll see you next time. Live. Sometime. We are live. There we go. And here we go with the Stone Cold. He requested it. He, he kind of backed off of it for men of a certain age and women. I'm sure, I'm sure the ladies love it too. Uh, anyone remembers that one? Name that tune. Does he jump into it? The Stone Cold Stunner. We got the, the YouTube video. Don't copyright us. It makes me want to hear The Rock, though. The Rock says. I always, I was always, always a fan of The Rock. The, the Rock before The Rock. Before The Rock. Well, yeah, it was always The Rock. I didn't, I didn't love his Super Bowl appearance thing. That was a little weird this year. But anyway. Uh, we are joined by Dave Kittle in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, a place I'm very familiar with, and it's making me crave all sorts of pizzas and things. Uh, Ellen B. Spumoni Gardens, a quick shot from where you are right now. I did one of my clinical rotations as a physical therapy student we were just talking about there in Bay Ridge with Gene Giamarino, who I'm, I'm going to send him this, and uh, we'll see what he thinks about it. He's always got some strong opinions, so uh, good dude. He's down in Florida now. He moved moved down there. He used to run it out of his uh, his his basement or ground floor, uh, his uh, brownstone there. I, I forget the exact streets. It was uh, like 83rd Street, I think it went, or maybe down. It went down, so maybe it was, uh, I don't remember. Anyway, um, <laughs> but Dave, you're over there in Bay Ridge. Uh, you're you're a primarily concierge pain relief is, is your thing, right? You guys go to people's houses and fix them, improve their pain. Uh, tell, tell us what's going on in Brooklyn and, and uh, what you've been up to. Sure. Yeah. So first of all, thanks for having me on. I, hopefully I can uh, provide some value to your audience in regards to the, you know, health and health and wellness worlds and a little bit of tying into health and business and um, the business of health or the health of business and, and some of those crossovers. So uh, yeah, so I'm a physical therapist. We have uh, DPTs, physical therapists across uh, New York City, all five boroughs, a little bit outside of that, Westchester and Rye and some uh, I have a therapist that's doing a little bit of Connecticut and uh, Long Island. So uh, we do ortho and neuro cases in New Yorkers homes, typically for busy New Yorkers. They do not have to be homebound. Um, it's mostly for folks that, you know, time might be their biggest asset and they're looking for someone to come to them either for the traditional ortho issues like neck and back pain, knee, shoulder, uh, or it could be someone who is just looking to stay active and independent and mobile and confident and not having to rely on their children or their family, and they just want to stay moving. Uh, those are the words typically used by our clients. And um, so that's our main service and um, getting into some other things. So just, you know, busy. Uh, but at the end of the day, still making sure that I have time for my, you know, health and wellness. And that's kind of, I think, uh, some of the themes that Bo and I are going to cover today. 
Absolutely. That's that's the first one. But uh, did you want to share how we first connected? I mean, that was a unique kind of kind of thing. I love, I love, in, I love but... this. I love this. This is why I'm on this. This is why I'm on this right now. So November of last year, my birthday, you get, you know, Facebook messages or text messages, whatever. And so Bo and I somehow we were already connected on Facebook maybe a couple of years ago. Probably through that. the physical therapy. If you have more than like a hundred mutual friends, I'll be like, all right, yeah, yeah add friend yeah. And, and that kind of thing. Exactly. So, so Bo and I, we were already connected on Facebook, never met him in person, never chatted with him, nothing. Like I just knew that he was a PT and I kind of glanced at his profile. I think, like he said, I remember seeing he was in Brooklyn and then he was somewhere else or something. <laughs> and so, um, so on my birthday, I get a video in messenger. So a, a private message video from him that's saying happy birthday. And uh, my first impression was, well, this is kind of unique. And then I noticed that it didn't have my name or male or, you know, you know, male or female type of connotation. So, so I just, I, I said, Hey, this is pretty cool. I, I really appreciate you reaching out with a video. It was, it was very, you know, sincere and, and it was wishing me a happy birthday and have a great day and something like that. He was outside and it was sunny. I thought it was kind of unique. And so I sent back a few messages. I said, Hey, do, you know, do you do this for everyone or do you, you know, I was just curious. And so we started to message back and forth and we were just, I don't know, we we're just jamming or we we're just finding some common ground. And I was like, man, this guy's, this guy's pretty cool. You sent me over one or two links of your YouTube videos. And when I was able to hear you kind of like in this long form, you know, format here, I was like, okay, th this is, uh, this is a colleague that, you know, we have a lot of things in common, didn't know it. And it probably wouldn't have happened if you didn't reach out and send that video. And you say that, uh, I think you mentioned that if other people reply in a weird way or negatively to <laughs> that video, because you'll send that to other people, maybe different variations of videos, you'll send those things to other people uh, in Messenger, maybe PT colleagues, et cetera. And I guess I, re I replied and responded positively. And so that's basically why we're here is because uh, Bo reached out and that's, uh, you know, something I think is pretty unique and, and special. And it's definitely something uh, that's not really used in our, you know, digital world. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll just, I'll add to that. And if anybody here is a Facebook friend of mine, they probably gotten that message. Uh, you know, I, I, I do set, I do record them. I try to record them. Uh, here's, here's the behind the scenes, how the sausage is made. Uh, <laughs> I try to record them as frequently as I can almost daily. I try to change it up. So you get a little bit of sense of where I'm at. And then, um, yeah, I'll send them out to, you know, Facebook tells you, here's your eight friends that have birthdays. And I, I have, whatever, however many couple thousand friends I went to, you know, my, my, my networks are pretty random and big. I, you know, grew up in New York city, Brooklyn, that's its own big network. And then my high school, Brooklyn tech there uh, in downtown Brooklyn, over 5,000 kids per, you know, at any given time. So it's, it's, uh, it's grown the CrossFit space that I, I, I dove into, went out to Dubai, all these things. So yeah, my network's pretty expansive. And so I just try to keep up with people. And if sometimes people are like, uh, what, what is this? Like, why, why are you sending me a video? Uh, and, and you know, I appreciate that you kind of had like a human response. Like, do you, do you send this to everyone? And I've had a few people say, say the same thing that, you know, cause I do try to keep it generic. I don't say like, I, if I recorded a video for every single person, like, Hey Dave, I want to wish you happy birthday. And like, we've almost never talked before that. Like, that would be weird to me. Um, but yeah, I try to send that little generic thing as a little like, Hey, like we're Facebook friends and either this, like either, either we shouldn't be, uh, or, you know, right. or there's something right. here and if, and if people want to connect great, if they don't awesome as well, um, actually doing some current work with a, a men's group. I've had a few men's group leaders on this podcast before. I think it's a very vital, um, resource for, for men and women out there is, is these kind of groups where you can do a little bit deeper emotional type work. We're actually working through Carl Jung's shadow work and there's a whole process involved. So one of my uh, you basically come down to your five biggest traits. One of my biggest traits is connection. And I think that is where a lot of us physical therapists uh, try to, or, or one of our deepest values. And then we get caught up in this kind of system where sometimes it's hard to actually build off of those connections or we pivot to something where it allows us to have that one-on-one -on -one time. But if we're in that insurance model, whoo, not going to go down that hole right now. Uh, and you mentioned all the stuff we have in common and I'm looking at our collared shirts and things and I'm like, like man. Matching, uni matching uniforms today. Man, I, I'm going to go change the next time you start talking. I feel, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this. It's too, too stereotypical physical therapy, but that's okay. So, so yeah, man, I want to bring it back to you and, and jump into our, our kind of main topics. And we're going to do a little ticker. And for those of you, uh, this is a new thing I think that StreamYard has. So the idea is, and I named this episode, Be More Selfish with Dave Kittle. Um, and so, 
Yeah, nice. be more selfish. Uh, we can change that if you want, but <laughs> no, but it's, it's going to get, get clicks. That's that's good. That's going to get clicks. That's what that's what we're playing off of. And you've had a few podcasts, um, you know. So I I appreciate that. You know, you're you're familiar with some of those things and the marketing, and you've had a lot of uh, how to run Facebook ads and and those guys on on your previous podcasts, and you stopped running that. Uh, I I just listened to one of them, but what was the name of that one that you stopped in 2020? It was PT Tech Talk. So yes. we were talking tech about talk. physical therapy, technology. It started years ago. We were doing content marketing for my own software company and another, my co-host, Rob Vining, his software company. So um, that was mm-hmm. like the main mm-hmm. approach there. But uh, it was a blast. We met a lot of people. And just like this, like you use this show as kind of like a conduit to meet other people. It, yeah. um, it takes some time, but yeah. it's very helpful and rewarding. And you get, you know, connections get to speak with people that otherwise you may not have. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I do this selfishly. And like I, it's called Bono stuff and I just want to know more stuff and I'm hoping you teach me more stuff. So, (laughs) um, but, but to your topic, be more selfish with your personal health and wellness. It's the whole concept of put your oxygen mask on before you can help anyone else. Uh, You know, other things, if anyone's done any of that, I was talking about some of this like emotional self-work is, is uh, love yourself before you want, you know, anyone else can love you. If you, if you, if you have things, still brewing in you it's 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 a disingenuous relationship that you're kind of building without going too far down those uh psychological rabbit holes but yeah tell us more why why that was the first thing that you want to talk about that was the first thing that popped into my head in regards to just this interview or this you know this chat here in regards to your theme and and you know trying to strive for one percent better every day and it's not always possible and at the end of the year i think you said you're not necessarily 365 percent better you know every year and you know pretty much impossible, but it's the the pursuit of striving for that. And similar to that analogy that, that we didn't even discuss. So I love that you threw that in there, which is if you're on an airplane, uh, the instructions are for you to put on your oxygen mask first before, you know, helping your the passenger next to you, whether that's your spouse or grandparent or son or daughter, right? So because if you don't have oxygen, you're not able to then uh, help others, help your family, help others in the plane, uh, get their oxygen mask on. So um, the, all these thoughts are just my experience. It might not be what you, the audience, uh, thinks or believes in regards to, um, their, you know, their health and wellness. But I think similar along that analogy, which is if you are able to just carve out more time and be more dedicated to moving better, feeling better, there's a lot of free stuff online. Uh, the more you dig, then you find folks like Dr. Bo, right? Or you find folks like me, or you find other people that are either healthcare providers or in the health and wellness world. So there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, but it just literally being uh, intentional about focusing more time, carving out whether it's something on your calendar, it could be uh, something where, you, you know, you put your running shoes or your workout clothes right next to your bed in the morning, first thing, no excuses to just go right into that. Um, there's a lot of ways to attack it. Um, but just right off the bat is like, if you're not selfish about your health and wellness, then there's going to be other things that just take up your time in your day. And those things don't necessarily help you with whatever your main goals are. And your main goals could be something that I wrote in the, in the pre-interview uh, form, which is you want to, you know, live as long as you can to be with your, your children, your son or daughter, you want your parents to live as long and as healthy as possible. So that's kind of uh, the jump off in regards to, you know, what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And I did change my shirt. If, if, uh, for those the, listening, the, the button uh, up you, is off. The button up is off. I had to. He, he still has a T-shirt on. Well, this is a different one. This is a. It's a. Why so serious? Uh, that the as we're recording this, the the Batman is out. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but uh, a lot of people talking, talking, talking about it. Um. Anyway, but 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 focusing back to that concept. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back to you of, of a controversial topic, and I, don't, I I do mean to put you on the spot, but I don't mean to put you on the spot. But Let's do it. <laughs> um, I don't know if you, you're familiar with Squat University, Aaron Horshig, Hor- I think that's how you say his name. Somewhat I have familiar. seen that somewhere on Instagram, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a pretty popular fella out there, and he has a book called The Squat Bible, um, and he builds off of that. And and I'm always envious of of awesome like marketing stuff like that, where you're really just able to to commit to something like that and you build and it's like, you're the squat guy. Um, But anyway, he had a controversial thing recently. And I talked about this on another uh, podcast recently, a few episodes ago with Andrew Coates, a big personal trainer up in Canada. And so the question to you is based on that, do you think that as a profession of physical therapists or any other profession uh, that folks for the consumer should be looking out for and avoiding 
people who are preaching health, but don't seem to be that healthy themselves. Um, and again, kind of calling that out or again, should we just say, and you know, a, a fun example of this sort of, uh, again, possibly controversial is Greg Glassman, who is the founder of CrossFit. There's a whole lot of controversy around him at the end of the day though. Uh, you know, I think a lot of folks, if you look at the, the the body of work, let's say that he's done from a CrossFit side, strength and conditioning, he certainly has changed uh, the narrative in a lot of ways and influenced possibly more people, if you really look at it, than, than anyone in the fitness space, maybe since Jack LaLanne uh, back in the day. And again, you look at his, him and he's, he's not a very healthy looking fella. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he had a he had a uh, he, he was a gymnast in his early days and he had a hip injury that you know, he never properly addressed. And, and again, he's not the kind of guy who's going to go out and demonstrate a hundred squats or whatever, even though that's what he's preaching. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that question of, should we be more focused or, or how much should, and it's kind of a second question a little bit, but, but it ties into that is, uh, should, is your, is your message to, to call out or to ask folks to be the example they want to see in the world, the change they want to see the Gandhi of it all. <laughs> I, to me personally, I think you should live it, but in our world, just the nature of reality is you clearly don't have to. Yeah. You yeah, could, so you could, you could, you could teach, you know, you could have a following, a tribe, you could have, you know, whatever it is of people that believe in your thing and whether your thing is you're selling widgets or physical products or items, or it's a, a service like our service or it's a, you know, a, a box gym, or it's a community. Um, those people are buying into that thing because of how it makes them feel and how, like what they get out of it. And a lot of people just, they might not care about, does the, you know, like did the, did the creator of CrossFit, is he ripped and is he healthy and does he have 6% body fat? And can he, you know, run a four minute mile? Like someone who's in that community you know, the consumer only cares about themselves. So they're not going to really care. Like, hey, the guy who started this, is he doing this CrossFit workout like I'm doing every day? That's just my thoughts when when yeah. you, you know, immediately ask that. Yeah, yeah. And again, uh, I just did another episode, uh, another similar concept on uh, my other <laughs> podcast with my buddy David Corona up in the Upper East Side. Would love to connect you guys at some point. Um, and, and he's a, he's a pretty prominent personal trainer up there has a great, great clientele, but, uh, our other podcast is demand better. We've done demand better from your personal trainer. And we talked about that. People are very attracted to this, like 20 something year old who has a six pack, like you're saying. And there's, there's, there's also the, that side of it of like, that's not, you know, a lot of times we see, we see that go the other way of, uh, that person looks like they know what they're talking about. But at the end of the day, when you really break down and if you have some, some knowledge about what they're talking about. Uh, they're, 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 they're not coming from a very educated place to say it nicely. Um, and then the other one we did was talking about, uh, that we recorded yesterday and we're going to do a few parts to is demanding better from science and research, which is a whole age of misinformation and things like that. So we're touching on that as well of, you know, where do you get your information from? Are there gurus? Are there, uh, folks like that? And again, Greg Glassman, all, all his foibles aside and, and, uh, you know, he, he definitely is not one to hold back on his opinions on certain things and racial issues and not sensitive. But uh, outside of that, when you again, you look at his strength and conditioning impact and, and the impact CrossFit's had, there's, they just had uh, the worldwide CrossFit Open, had half a million people participate around the world. Uh, it's hard to, to argue with, with the impact that that has had, again, on, on people's health, wellness, ability to, uh, you know, reverse diabetes is, is, is a pretty powerful thing, right? So, <clears throat> that's something that he pushed for significantly. And um, yeah, we can move on from that topic. Well, real, uh, real, real quick yeah. in regards, in regards to if there's someone out there that's uh, demonstrating or, or saying something that we know is false, like whether it's a personal trainer or it's a physician or a physical therapist or a chiropractor, whatever you can, you know, talk with them one-on-one. -on -one. You could send someone a letter. You could send someone a legal letter. I mean, the board of PT could send them a legal letter, whatever that takes a lot of time and effort. I don't know if that'll ever, you know, like, will that ever stop these folks? Arguably no. So how do, how do we then change it? I think we have to be, we meaning anyone who's trying to do, do it the right way and ethically and all that uh, has to get to those types of folks earlier in the funnel, meaning they mm -hmm. have to meet you and me, or they have to meet a, a an evidence-based provider or a research backed professional uh, before they meet someone else. 
And that just that just goes back to competition in the marketplace. So whether that's Facebook ads, Google ads, uh, it's it's this type of show getting out and being shared and getting in front of more people. And then those people reach out to you and you become their advocate rather than the contrary. I think that's long term. I think that's the best way to do it. And you mentioned getting a letter uh, <laughs> brought me back to, again, uh, doing the research for this. I listened to your uh, episode on untold physio with uh, Ursan Religioso and uh, sharing yeah. the, the anecdote of you getting some, some threatening <clears throat> stuff from your previous employer there in New York City uh, about, you know, compete, com non-competes or what have you. Anyway, that was pretty interesting. Uh, we won't we won't dive too far down that rabbit hole. We got a comment, <laughs> comment on LinkedIn here from Kenton, a friend of mine here uh, down in Florida about a Jordan Peterson quote that, yeah, clean your room because how can you expect to manage things outside of your home? You can't keep things in order at home. Uh, and right. it's funny, right. of course, there's a lot of Jordan Peterson haters out there too. I'm not gonna, uh, if you want to share your opinion on him one way or another, feel free. But uh, uh, of course, I, I saw something recently where somebody had him on a Zoom call with a very dirty uh, background. <laughs> so even though that's one of his key tenets of clean your room, uh, mm. his, his room was not very clean. But yeah, I don't know if you want to touch on Jordan Peterson. I, Have you I, read I, his 12, 12 I Rules of Life? I haven't. No, I, no. I, know, I know a little bit about his approach, but not too much to even really comment on. Very controversial figure. And I might link to uh, one of my high school football buddies, Billy Bunton has a show called, uh, uh, oh, I'm going to double check the exact name so I don't mess up, but he did an episode with, uh, where we talk about Jordan Peterson. They had a filmmaker who did a documentary about Jordan Peterson. Again, he's a pretty controversial figure. And the name of that show, is Where Is Now, with his, uh, and I've had Billy on here uh, previously, and then his co-host is Jesse Freeston. Uh, who is up in Toronto, also Canada mentions today. But uh, moving right along uh, to our random tangents is, uh, how do we know if you need PT treatment, help support or accountability and how to find the right professional? That was our second topic. And I'm going to let you riff on that, man. Tell us what people need to know. So I this popped into my head because, I mean, I, our practice is more of the traditional physical therapy. And I think what you're doing, Dr. Bo, is a little like, you're doing remote stuff, right? You're kind of uh, trying to help clients holistically. So I do, I do concierge things, PT as well. And, and you I do have, that as well. Okay. I do a little bit and I go and, you know, uh, moving to Colorado and I'll, I'll share this. You can appreciate this. I used to practice in New York where Dave is. Uh, and do you, do you want to be Dr. Dave? You can call me Dr. Bo. I don't I feel <laughs> either way. It's all good. Either way. So, either way. so I moved from New York to, to California and I've shared this, this concept a lot is, uh, we could, we could not do dry needling in either of those states because the lobbies for the acupuncturists are protecting their space. And Colorado here uh, is one of the most open states as far as what physical therapists can do. We can actually order imaging here, which is one of the few states. Uh, it's starting to grow, actually, the ability to order imaging. Uh, I think we can also order blood work and then um, the ability to dry needle and stick needles in people. Uh, which is, is allowed in most states, but not New York and California, where I was before. So, uh, mm. and as soon as I moved out here, a lot of folks were like, oh, you're a physical therapist. Can you stick needles in me? I love that. Um, and I was like, I, I guess this is, there's a huge like demand for this. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, there, it's also the concept of, and I was, I was not a huge believer in it. I personally had it done a number of times um, and, and I, I didn't love it. It didn't have a great response on me. I've done acupuncture. It either didn't have much of an effect or uh, it actually made me kind of feel worse at times. So, but but uh, I took the certification and, and I have to say um, I, I did really like it. And it's one of my biggest uh, components of my in-person practice is a lot of people, uh, you know, want that quick fix. And it's, it's it is a, that's a huge another topic of like competing with chiropractors. I literally I'll tell another quick story is I was at the CrossFit gym, a guy after the workout, uh, you know, we, we did the same workout. He was like, oh, my back's bugging me. And I'm standing right there and I've worked with him before. And he's like, I need to go see my chiropractor. My back's bugging me. And I'm like. Why, why I can do the same, I can, I can crack. And like, I, I'm just like, where am I missing out on my marketing? And, you know, I, I, I threw them on the table and I was able to show them what, what I can do. But, uh, but yeah, to, to, to nail that point home is uh, I do a lot of the concierge as well. I think there's a, a huge component of the in-person stuff, but yeah, I try to move folks. Even if I see them in person, I try to get them online and thinking this long-term thing going to our third point that we're going to get to is, is this physical retirement plan where I say, where are you today? And how do we make sure that, A, you feel better than you did yesterday, but also 30 years from now, you're going to feel better than you did yesterday and, and continue that progress uh, and, and to fight that aging process. So that's my quick spiel. I'm going to throw it back to you. Uh, 
No, I like it. So in regards to that, I, we've all had that experience, what you just described. You, you had a CrossFit workout, uh, someone that you is a friend, colleague, you've treated them, you worked with them before, and then they say, oh, my back, and I need to go to a chiropractor. Right there, I mean, it's hard. I think physical therapists in general are, are wary to kind of do like ongoing, consistent, pushy marketing, or even reminders, like you telling your CrossFit members and people that at your workout, uh, of things that you can do. So what do you, what could you do? I don't know. Like maybe you wear a shirt that has some of those keywords that reminds them that you can help them with, you know, health and back pain or whatever. Right. So I've had that as well. I play weekend baseball here in New York city. And even the guys that I've known that play almost every weekend when it's warm, um, they'll wait about two or three weeks before they even contact me. If they have like back pain, for example, they will wait two or three weeks. They'll live with it. They'll suffer through it. Uh, then they'll text me. And th these are guys that I've known for not just seven years. Some of them I've treated. I know their families. Maybe I've been in their apartments or they've been here at my place. So um, there's, you know, everyone's at a different stage in regards to, do they have some early warning signs, like a check engine light of a car? You know, do they have early warning signs of something like, you know, tightness, soreness, achiness, like some neurological symptoms that are just early warning signs, but not anything too significant. And then they wait for it to be, you know, acute, severe lower back pain or sciatica where they have numbness tingling down their leg. This just happened in the past two of my baseball buddies the past two weeks um, where with sciatica, one of them basically had partial drop foot. So, you know, uh, L5S1 component, either um, herniated disc, basically, most likely some pinched nerve going on. And these are people that I've known, just like you've known that guy at the gym. So we just have to meet people where they are. So I think what you said, and you just reminded them, it, that's, I think, all you can do. And that's the best thing, other than having shows like this, having content out there, um, having helpful resources for these people, whether it's, uh, you know, landing pages with information where they can, you know, consume that information on their own time. It could be blogs, it could be, you know, videos, it could be the three common lower back stretches, the three common lower back strengtheners for, you know, glute or pelvic strengthening. Um, there is no way around this. Like everyone has a different, they're, in, they're all at a different place in regards to addressing something. It is so much easier for humans to ignore something, to just kick the can down the road and just wait and just see, you know, will it go away? A lot of people think hey, I'll just sleep it off. It'll get better. It'll go away. And at some point, if you're listening to this, if you're not a healthcare provider, if you're not in the health and wellness world, the best thing you can do is, you know, ask for referrals, ask, ask some of your healthy friends, colleagues, they could be either in the health and wellness world, maybe they're healthcare providers. If you're, if you know, Bo, I mean, obviously reach out to him and just say, Hey, I'm dealing with this. Uh, what are your thoughts? And either, uh, I don't know how much you do in terms of, you know, consulting upfront. Like, so for what we do, we'll get, we prefer to get folks on the phone. And just ask like, hey, like what's going on? Like, is this something where we need to refer out? Is there, is this something where maybe you need imaging? Most of the time you don't for back pain, neck pain, et cetera, for joint pain. Most of the time you don't. Um, a lot, 80 to 90% of back pain clears up and improves with conservative physical therapy. I got, I got, anyway. I got, a, I got a quick interruption based off of that. Jump in. an inter interesting Jump in. conversation. And again, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to keep name dropping not to, show off by any means but uh you, you seem to be less into the names uh but if you there's a guy lance mabry um who's uh, yeah. uh okay so you know him on linkedin so he he, with, he with posts the, a lot the imaging stuff. the imaging yes yeah. yeah so he's a big imaging guy so he just posted a, a, a new study that came out uh about uh so i don't how do you do you feel that imaging in physical therapy and i, and I want to ask the question down on the on the uh uh ticker down below is uh, do you, but do you think imaging in the physical therapy space, based on what you just said, is overutilized, underutilized, or misutilized? In the physical therapy world, I mean, it's underutilized in terms of physical therapists doing it. Or you're saying for us ordering it or for us to take the imaging into account for a treatment plan? What do you mean specifically? Uh, in the medical space. Let's say in the medical space. So when you see someone, my yeah. experience is, um, and, and he just had that post about it. And I, I'm, I think it's a very interesting topic real quick <clears throat> that's going to tie into what we're talking about is... Um, in my experience, a lot of people show up and they're like, Ooh, I've got shoulder stuff going on. Um, I, I'm thinking of going to get an MRI or I talk to my doctor and they want to send me for an x-ray. Um, and again, I'm, I, I'm able to poke around 
And I'm able to, and I think we both kind of understand this uh, as experienced physical therapists where we're able to say, well, it seems like you do have a rotator cuff tear. The imaging might confirm that, but it's also not going to change a lot of what we're talking about. It's not going to say, oh, you need to get surgery or whatever. So uh, I think that, the, and his post was saying uh, that it's, it's not overutilized. I would say most physical therapists, and he called it pro the propaganda of imaging gets overutilized. Um, and I do think a lot of money, time, and energy is wasted on imaging. A lot of folks want the image. And we're over here like, you guys don't need the image because it's not going to change much. It's, and, and again, this is from that cash PT world uh, where I think we're coming from. And there's a lot of studies out there that show that if you go see someone like me or Dave or, or one of his uh, therapists in his business, uh, we're going to be able to look at it and say, like, we're, we, we know when to refer out. And that's why we are. We, we went from a, a bachelor's to a master's to a doctorate level uh, profession is, is imaging was one of the biggest things of when to order imaging and say, oh, there, there might be something more going on there. Than we think so th that study specifically said uh it tends to be misused in the healthcare space especially around physical therapists that uh it is overdone, but it's also underdone that sometimes a lot of folks miss when to refer out so again that's i, I think that's a little bit of a, of a of a bigger topic we could do a whole episode on it but i just wanted to, to maybe get your sense on do you feel we uh, and again if you're within your own space and you're kind of looking at your therapist you know, how many therapists do you have uh, with you, under you, whatever the, the term is? <laughs> we have seven. Seven. Yeah. So I don't know if, if I assume you guys are doing internal audits and, and all sorts of stuff, looking at how they're treating. And do you feel uh, and again, within New York State, you're not allowed to uh, there's no ability to order or but you can refer to say, oh, you should go get an X-ray or an MRI. There is that ability, but you can't order them yourselves in New York here. I can actually order it myself and say, hey, Dave, and get, like, reimbur and get reimbursed. Yeah. And, and say, well, yeah. And, and, uh, and, but I can, I can directly order it. They don't, I don't need to send them the extra step to a GP or an orthopedist to then go get the imaging. So I can directly send them to, uh, the, whatever superior labs here, um, in superior Colorado and say like, go, go get that x-ray from, you know, AP, whatever. And here's what I want to see, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah. So I guess my question is, is do you find, you think it's, it's getting ordered the right amount within your, network or, or getting referred out do you think have there been instances where that's been missed uh you know things have been missed because that was no. what the study showed i mean I, I would imagine uh it's yeah I, I i've never i've never really i can't recall anything recently where someone didn't have imaging and either needed imaging later because something was missed or you know something didn't add up here's what i mean so the biggest thing if we have someone that you know, a lot of folks find us either through word of mouth or it's from online marketing, right? So we're doing Google ads and Facebook ads. So while most of the time when we go to someone's home or apartment, uh, before COVID, we were going into boardrooms and workplaces and offices, but now it's like mostly in people's homes. They haven't gone to a physician. They haven't had any imaging. They haven't had x-ray or MRI unless there was some trauma, right? So that's one caveat. Like if someone had trauma, then it might be a good idea to have some imaging. But in one hour, in a one hour visit, if someone has back pain or sciatica or neck pain, for example, if we can change their symptoms, we're going to do a 20 or 30 minute assessment and evaluation. And then we're going to do about a 30 or so minute treatment in one hour. If we can change their symptoms, lower their symptoms, they a pre and post test. So if they have back pain, they have pain getting up from the couch, getting out of bed or squatting or bending over. Then we do treatment. We'll do the assessment. Then we'll do treatment. And then we'll have them reperform those things. Okay, get back out of bed, sit up from the couch, stand up, squat, bend over. And they will tell us if they feel better, worse, or the same. And most of the time, they're going to feel slightly better or even moderately better after one visit. That's when we say, okay, so they just felt the results. They said it out loud. They're the ones that felt the change. And those people typically, by the research and just by patterns of, of, of clinical years of experience, those are people that do not need imaging. They don't yeah. need to be referred out because I just changed your symptoms by, you know, you just improved by 30 or 50% mm -hmm. in one hour. So just imagine if we did, you know, two visits next week, you know, it could be, it could be something that maybe only takes three to six visits. Yeah. And then, it, you know, then we have some people that want to stay with us for the long term and invest more in their health and wellness. And then we kind of segue them into like some of the things that, that Bo's doing. But in the beginning, if they change positively, if they're improving their emotion, they have less symptoms, less ridiculous symptoms, those people usually do not need imaging. Another caveat to this, 
is that earlier in uh, COVID, when COVID was just starting, I bought a diagnostic uh, imaging, portable diagnostic imaging. I don't, I think I might have it right here. The, uh, the ultrasound? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we did some coursework. My wife and I, this plugs into my iPhone. This mm -hmm. is called the butter. This is called the butterfly. $2,000. It takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of repetitions. And I was using all my friends and colleagues and family members to learn it and get repetitions of what I'm seeing and finding landmarks and all of that. Uh, we use that <clears throat> also as an adjunct because we're, we're not going to have the same type of person with back pain go down the medical rabbit hole of x-rays, MRIs, injections, painkillers, surgery, right? We want to keep people moving just like you, just like all of our colleagues. We want to keep people moving. We want them to be healthy. But this component of imaging that we use, I want to make sure, first of all, I want to make sure that any of my therapists in the future, if, we're, if they're trained on it, they need to make sure that they're picking up things like knowing how to identify things like tumor or cyst or something where we need to immediately refer somebody out and they mm -hmm. need to go get advanced imaging, CT scan or MRI or whatever. But just this imaging, and if you can change someone's symptoms in the first visit, that, that's all the trust in the world. That patient, that client will then trust you a lot more, significantly more. And it's almost like we can use this, we can almost use the imaging in that fashion to then get clients and patients to the health and wellness track of recovery instead of the medical mill of painkillers, X-ray, painkillers, MRI, painkillers, epidural injections, cortisone injections. Surgery. There's a little opioid crisis going on, if anyone's not familiar. Uh, and that's kind of what we're tying into. And, and the other term here, and, and I think coming back to this big picture to take a step back from what we're talking about is that <clears throat> our profession has a terrible time of marketing. Um, and, and even folks, I think, like you and I and, and the businesses we're both describing here, um, Again, we're, we're, it's just hard to uh, shout over the chiropractors and, and uh, a lot of these other, again, even acupuncturists and massage therapists and bodywork specialists and personal trainers who are, you know, encroaching on our space. And again, I don't, I don't like to go into the, the uh, blue ocean or the red ocean mindset, rather, uh, but more a blue ocean of, of uh, scarcity versus, versus abundance and things like that. And the other term that, that comes to mind as you're talking is uh, this concept of primary care physical therapy. Um, and I have down in the ticker that your state, wherever you guys are in the United States, um, obviously, if you're international, it's a, probably a different situation. But as far as I know, every single state in the, in the U.S., including the District of Columbia, we always have to say that, um, <laughs> has direct access. Meaning if you were to sprain your ankle right now, you could go see one of Dave's people and, and uh, set up a session and they can come assess you. And like we're talking about or even have a phone call and talk about it. And there are. Ottawa ankle rules to say you sprained your ankle. Like, are you having X, Y, Z? I'm not going to go into the, the depths of it right now, but then, then they could say, Hey, like you are right in line with that. You should actually go get um, an X-ray right now. Like that, that's the idea based on what we know. And, and we are the experts on musculoskeletal care. And actually Friday I'm having the ED DPT, uh, Rebecca uh, Griff Griffith, Griffith, I think is her last name. <laughs> She's here in Colorado. She is, uh, set up in emergency department. So if somebody comes in with back pain, a lot of places that don't have physical therapists are going to go to this, do an x-ray, maybe do an MRI, but again, going to give you painkillers, going to give you an injection to get you out of that significant pain. Obviously, we want to get these things upstream. She's working on that also. Of let's, let's get to folks sooner. So if you have some of those episodes of back pain, and again, what, as you're talking, this keeps uh, reminding me of, of this uh, the traditional trajectory of back pain. And again, a lot of times I get folks when they're like at a nine out of 10, and that's when they're finally willing to either pay me cash or see me versus going to their traditional thing of like, oh man, it's really bad. I'm, I'm desperate. I want to try needles or, or whatever. And again, you talk through the history and it's like, yeah, it started 10 years ago and it was, it was like dull and achy. And then, you know, then it went away or I got, I went to see the chiropractor and then it got, it went up to a five out of 10, then, you know, a year later. And then maybe two years went by, nothing happened. And now it's like a seven out of 10. And I was like, ooh, yeah. And now it's a nine out of 10. And that's like, you just see that trajectory as we get older, as we age, as we never address the underlying cause. So without, I'm going to step off my little soapbox for a second, but I'm going to throw it back to you. The, the other one I had on the ticker was, um, how do you define physical therapy from a marketing perspective when you speak to somebody, when, when you're on an airplane, they're like, hey, what do you do? Um, how, do you, how do you answer that question? Well, I, I want to use consumer language. PTs are not going to like this language. 
Okay. First of all. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. All right. I'll allow it. <laughs> so most, like if someone has an ortho issue, not balance, not instability, not, not if they need gay training and, and they're, they're unstable. Um, if they have an ortho issue, I say, we find the root cause of your issue and then fix the root cause of the issue. Because if you don't find the issue, meaning you have to be good with differential diagnosis, you have to be good with clinical reasoning and decision-making tree, you know, all in your head going on at the same time during an evaluation. So you have to understand differential diagnosis and know uh, what types of conditions uh, present with certain symptoms and certain presentations. And then you have to know, you know, your, your AMP, your anatomy and physiology, but specifically anatomy in terms of if you're poking or prodding or on a, t a soft tissue or an area or a joint, um, or if the person's moving a certain way, you have to know what types of structures are affected, involved in that, uh, are, are, you know, lengthened or unloaded uh, with some of those movements. And just by those movements, that's how physical therapists, that's how we know um, what types of structures are involved, right? So my buddy last week um, with the sciatica and he had his whole leg was lit up with numbness and tingling. And then he had numbness and tingling and pain all the way into the outside of his ankle and foot. So we know through dermatomes that that's L5S1. And it's either going to be, depending on the area of the ankle and the foot, it's either just L5 or just S1, or it's both L5 and S1. So um, in terms of what is physical therapy, you're saying, uh, if a consumer, if a person asks me, I say, can physical therapy, what we do is we find the root cause of your issue and then fix the root cause of your issue. And then if they say, well, how? Then we say, okay, well, the evaluation, some hands-on treatment, we do manual therapy. We might do X, Y, Z in terms of decompressing or unloading or easing the tension in that joint or that soft tissue or that area. And then we immediately follow it up with some mobility, some movement, some strengthening, some type of uh, a correlative or, or a, a uh, partnered movement to, if we just did manual therapy to either ease what you're feeling or regain flexibility or motion or mobility, whatever, then we're going to teach you motions, exercises, movements for you to now do because we just regain more range of motion or we regain some comfort level or whatever. Now here's the, the motion that you should do for that. So it, it's, it's a drill, it's an exercise, whatever it might be. If you're weak, it might be a strengthener, something for stability. And that is immediately teaching someone that they can start to become empowered and do that thing more often, whatever that drill is. And then maybe you start to build a home exercise program for them. That's uh, whatever, you know, five or 10 minutes every other day or every day if possible. Um, so I really, if, if someone's asked me what is physical therapy, I just, I want to say something like that, like really short. I don't want to go into like this long winded, <laughs> you know, soapbox thing. Yeah. So, so let me, let me kick it back to you. I mean, you can, you can remark back on, on what you think of my approach, but then I would love to hear what you say if someone on an airplane says, Oh, you're a physical therapist or, or what do you do? Like what do physical therapists do? Yeah. I mean, I, I like to, when I say what I do, I, I, I tell people kind of the, the, the summation of what you just said. I think of, uh, I help empower folks to get the user's guide to their body. I say, we, we're not born with a user's guide. Like we are with our car. We don't have a mechanic. You know, some, I know a few people have used the term body mechanic. Um, but I'm sure I you don't I, like that. <laughs> I, I don't mind it. Uh, you know, it's not the worst thing, but, but yeah, that's the whole meet people where they're at kind of thing. Like you're saying of, that's where I, I was like dry needling is, is it the end all be all? Is it the most evidence-based thing ever? No. Um, but does it have a pretty powerful effect on a lot of folks? Cause again, you know, I've seen acupuncture and acupuncture, acupuncture has, uh, and again, I was always skeptical of <clears throat> acupuncture. I've tried it when I've had issues as in my athletic career and, and the concept at the end of the day, and, and I, don't, I don't know how familiar you are with the research on acupuncture, but I think at best the the really global summation, and if anyone wants to challenge this, is uh, acupuncture is about fifty to fifty fifty. Like you can, and, and you know, one of the big things when I was looking into it is uh, I don't know how familiar you are with with uh, meridians or where to put needles. I, have you ever had any kind of acupuncture dry needling? I, I had it just just for disclosure. I had neck pain in San Francisco. I was like, hey, let, we're visiting. I'm like, hey, let me get some acupuncture. Never had it didn't change at all, but that was just one visit. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but, but again, I'm, I'm asking like, as a clinician, would you, do you think you would know, like if somebody comes in with neck pain, do you think you would know where to put the needles is my question. And that's okay. If you don't, like, not, you haven't not, been not, trained with, in not, not with meridian points. No, right, right, right. Meridian or trigger points or any of that. And just be like, you, you might, but the bottom line is you've never been certified in dry needling or acupuncture, right. which are two different things, which I need to do a whole episode about what the difference is. <laughs> Cause a lot of people ask me that. But my point is the research I've seen there is, 
Um, we can take someone like Dave who knows anatomy or, or even my wife who, who's a psychologist, uh, a psychotherapist. She's a psycho. Um, and and <laughs> she, she would not know as much about the human body. But at the end of the day, she, and she actually really doesn't like needles either. But at the end of the day, the research has shown that we can teach her how to safely put needles in. And again, if you're like, my pain is here, uh, and we can have somebody lay down for an hour, and she's going to put some needles in safely without, you know, puncturing a lung or anything like that, which is a very, very rare occurrence with needles. Um, and, and so the results with her doing that versus like a master acupuncture has been doing it for 30 years and fully understands the meridians and could teach about it. The results are unfortunately in the research about the same. Mm. So, so in terms of, you know, again, it's like 50, 50. So like you said, you didn't really have improvement there. I've had experiences with it. So, so I'm just bringing that up to say, there's all sorts of nuance to these things. Uh, but again, there's people who believe once you believe like, oh, these needles are going to help me and they've helped me before. Um, and it's all about, again, maybe it is laying in a room for an hour and, and I don't do it that way. Uh, my big kind of change, and this is from the research is if we're resetting a neuromuscular junction, just like with chiropractic, you might feel really good after a big pop and you hear the crack and you're like, oh yeah, I feel good. The big change for me where I try to change this thing is is now, like you're saying, empower the person um, to say, let's add some new, better movement. Because most people never get the movement literacy that we're talking about. So these are some of the things to come back to your question. I did go off on a little rant there about acupuncture, dry needling. But uh, how do I answer it is, is, yeah, I empower folks. I give them with, uh, I, I like to get people through my 21 point screen to give them a report card on their movement literacy, which again, most people do not have. Um, just like we talk about financial literacy, I make a lot of analogies to financial literacy. And again, that physical retirement plan down the line, if you are not hinging well, if you are not able to lunge, if you are not able to do these things now, if you are not moving through a full range of motion with your knees, you are setting yourself up for possible total knee replacement, maybe in 20 years, uh, depending on you know how much wear and tear you have there. Um, and then people running on a knee injury, how, how bad is that? It's like, putting, you know, uh, driving hundred miles an hour with your car, with your car's emergency brake on, like you're going to wear down that emergency brake. You might even set it on fire. There's all sorts of fun stories with that. So, yeah, so there's a lot of analogies there so, in terms of, yeah. One thing is that we know, you and I both know that our back end, our main, you know, back end approach service is we're trying to help folks get independent, get them empowered, and it's all about their health and wellness. We're not trying to put any, you know, exogenous thing or chemical or injection or anything that's like invasive or has side effects or is risky, right? We know that our backend thing works and we know it takes, but it also takes some time and effort, meaning it takes some effort for those people. So people that like, let's just say the next 10 people that come to you, if they have in their head that they, that they need acupuncture or they need dry needling, if you accommodate that, meaning if let's just say you, if you then were doing acupuncture or you were then doing dry needling, those 10 people, if you do not meet them where they're at, then they might end up in that whole medical model somewhere else if they're not going to be onboarded as a new client for you. And the conduit in the beginning for those 10 people might only be dry needling. And that's the only way that you might be able to help them in one or two months or six months or 12 months with their holistic approach of health and wellness, which is your whole back end, your whole approach. You can also market your whole approach up front, but not everyone wants that. Some people want passive stuff. Some people believe that it has to be something passive. It's e-stim or TENS or hot or cold therapy, or it's chiropractic or it's massage or it's dry needling. Or it's going right to everyone surgery. Is, or surgery. So everyone's at a different point. So mm -hmm. if you really, and I'm saying you meaning like yeah. all clinicians or therapists, if you really want to help the most amount of people, you have to open up some of those lanes. And that's mm -hmm. why, that's why we started doing yeah. imaging because we can offer imaging and I can show them their, you know, we can hold it up to their shoulder and show on their, on my iPad or my iPhone. And I can see their supraspinatus moving mm -hmm. as they're lifting, which as you know, is like one of the biggest, it is the biggest of the four rotator cuff muscles in terms of size and uh, its function in terms of just lifting and most functional shoulder movements. And we could show them immediately like, hey, look, like let's look at this, you know, anteriorly, laterally, posteriorly, we could, we could look at different angles. Mm -hmm. Th that is not torn at all. Right. Or it's not even partially torn. Right. And it's very obvious and easy to see if a supraspinatus has a partial tear, I mean, a rupture, you're gonna have the drop arm test. And 
So we went into doing some imaging. We can do imaging with movement right there at the point of care in someone's home or office. We went upstream to do imaging so that people, those next 10 people for us, if 10 people are looking to get imaging before physical therapy, if we offer it, we can get them into the, the main thing, which is health and wellness, the whole back end thing, empowerment, the normal you know, approach that we're looking to help them with. But if we don't meet them where they're at in the front end, that's where we're going to lose people. And those people, we might mm -hmm. serve those people less and they might go down the, the whole negative or passive, you know, treatment path. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that's kind of my approach. Even with the needles, I say like, look, if you don't do this thing afterwards, and I say, that's the big difference between me uh, and, and acupuncture or chiropractic. And if you want to be reliant on that for the rest of your life, like, cool. Uh, but, but if you never learn, and again, the analogy, I talk about movement literacy, when I look at everything going on, I say, yeah, you've had some bad patterns. And one of the biggest things I do, by the way, is, and I'll throw out there for the folks listening is, is breathing. Um, and 90, over 95% of people I assess with breathing, unless they've either specifically had somebody like me explain it to them, or they're like a performer on Broadway. Um, they don't know how to use their diaphragm and how to breathe better. And again, if you're breathing up into your chest, every single time, uh, 23,000 times throughout the day, uh, it adds up and it's just like having a pebble in your shoe, right? It, it just adds up. So things like that, uh, where I teach people, and again, I try to empower them. And I say like, look, uh, again, sometimes with, with some of these shoulder things, one of my biggest, uh, tools that I use is tendon rehab. And I have a 12 week tendon protocol where if either they're going to do back squats or they're going to do bicep curls or some variation on that to rebuild their tendons. Cause most people, especially in the CrossFit space don't have very healthy tendons. So we could look at that. And I, I want to talk offline cause we're running up on time here about the, the ultrasound uh, for sure. Cause that's something I've sure. wanted to do. And, and uh, I know the pricing has always been like, do I want to invest $10,000? And, and, you know, I know there's units like the one you showed of only $2,000, but uh, you know, how many people do I have to see before I, I feel like I've, you know, uh, provided enough value. And can I do some of that? And again, I, I, I go to the, there's a few of the clinical tests that we talk about with shoulders, especially, but, uh, at the end of the day, if, if you're resistant, if you're painful against resistance, this is what I learned back in physical therapy school. Uh, if there's pain and weakness, those are signs of possible tearing, right? right. And if there's no pain and weakness and you're strong and no pain, that probably means in that, if we are, uh, isolating that muscle that you probably don't have a tear. I literally had this uh, a few weeks ago with, uh, a lady went to a chiropractor, the chiropractor, oh, you got all sorts of torn rotator cuffs. Um, and, and like trying to, again, sell her on a big package. And I like assessed her because she wasn't really sold and she didn't get relief from him. And I was like, I don't think you have any torn muscles. And again, even if you did, again, how much is that going to change? But I, you know, doing the, the, the assessments, she was strong and had no pain into any of the, the rotator cuff resistance. So without even the imaging, uh, I was able to kind of provide that. And, and I think there's power there, but I wanted to just touch on our last topic because we didn't quite get to it uh, is, uh, sorry, it's the, uh, smart work pays off and we all kind of want the same thing. So I'll let you, uh, finish off with that one. And then we can, we can wrap it up because I know you got a little time restriction. Yeah. So, um, just kind of tying back into the, you know, being more selfish with your health and wellness. Again, the, the whole thing with the, uh, the analogy, I wish I thought of it, but both thought of it, the, uh, the <laughs> bringing up the analogy of the oxygen mask on the airplane. So that's perfect. That comes from my experiences with my friends and family. So it, it might rub certain people the wrong way. And I get that, but um, that's just where I'm coming from. And I, I've seen the folks that aren't selfish with their health and wellness and the people that want to help all the other people, they want to help other people. They want to volunteer for everything, uh, but then them themselves are not healthy and well. So that's where that originally came from. And then in terms of um, the uh, working smarter, and that, that approach, when I was writing up the form for this, I was thinking, okay, well, everyone wants the same thing. Everyone wants themselves to just live a long, healthy life as long as possible. And regardless of what age you're at, if your family and, and parents are still alive, you want your parents and your family to live a long, healthy life as possible. And then I went on the extension of that as well. That takes effort. That takes potentially you know time or money. And that could be uh, money in regards to medical expenses, home health care, more people now want, and I know this because I'm biased because of the home therapy that we do, but more people, especially in New York, more people want things to come to them. They want a home nurse or a home health aide or a home physical therapist or a home occupational therapist. Um, there's even a dentist in New York City now that does house calls and she does geriatric house calls, dentist, like hmm. full on den dental procedures in someone's home. So people want that. 
but that takes, you know, that takes money. So it, it, it goes back to, if you are able to start to think smarter, build generational wealth with whatever you're doing, it could be your business, it could be a side hustle, whatever. The only way for you to be able to do the side hustle to then have the resources for your family, which is what you want to have them live as a long, healthy life as much as possible. The only way for you to build that, whether it's a side hustle or a business with what we're talking about with reaching more people and helping more people, growing a following and, and growing a practice, growing a business, you cannot do all that unless you are healthy and well. And then it circles back, which is how do you become healthy and well? You have to be more dedicated to cutting out time in your calendar, being more uh, diligent about your health and wellness. So then, well, then where do you go? Where do you go from there? So the, then the point is, is you could reach out to me, you could reach out to Bo, you could see if he has resources about meal plans or exercises or even, well, Bo, remind me, what's the 30-30-30 um, or something, your, your, one of the approaches? My Bo 30 system is in 30 minutes, uh, conversation or in person, we can help you move better, feel better. Then we put a plan in place for the next 30 days to helpfully, hopefully address whatever that root cause, whatever that underlying thing is, uh, which again, takes time and takes you doing the work. And again, even if right. I see someone in person, I try to throw it back to them. And then that should set us up for the next 30 years. I love it. So I, and I'm, I'm just uh, an observer of that. I, I wasn't paid to uh, set Bo up like that <laughs> or say that. Uh, I think it's just really cool. And, and I've heard some of his other, you know, some of your other talks and interviews and, and chats and um, see that, that time horizon of looking out, you know, to do X, Y, or Z for setting up someone for 30 years. That's also super unique. Like no healthcare providers talking about that. The, the medical system and most healthcare providers, it's very like maybe even transactional, but it's definitely episodic, meaning like, like you have this thing and like, let's get ease it, let's get rid of it, let's clear it, whatever, treat it, uh, and then, you know, move on. So there's not a lot of folks that are looking at a long 30 year time horizon for helping clients, helping patients, helping them, you know, get better, but there, there is resources out there. So um, yeah, that was like the long winded, you know, <laughs> if your biggest goals are like keeping your family healthy as long as possible, keeping them safe, that takes time and money and you can't just, you know, meditate and like, all of a sudden you have money to take care of your family. Like meditation is great, but you got to take some action. And the action is the combination of what, you know, the theme of this, which is like a little bit of the business, a little bit of the health. And, and then we we're joking about the, the health of your business or the, the business of your health. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it's all tied together, but it all starts with being intentional. Uh, if you need to put it on your daily calendar, do so. If you need to hire someone that's going to keep you accountable, I think that's a huge thing because, I don't know, like, I don't know with you with working out, I know you work out a lot and I go in my gym and, and I've been doing home workouts before COVID. So um, everyone has different levels of accountability. And if you need some, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months of someone else externally holding you accountable, then, then you need to search out that person. Yeah. And, and that kind of takes us right to that last question I wanted to close off with. And, and whatever your answer is, I've had a few folks answer this on this podcast. It's something I've, uh, I was put on the spot of, of, uh, what my TED talk would be if I were to give a TED talk tomorrow. And I said, redefining fitness. Uh, I don't, I don't love the current definition. So I want to gather a little more data. And again, I want to know more stuff. So I want to know what your definition of fitness is again, based on, on, you know, you've established, uh, you have very good knowledge around the human body. So uh, how do you define fitness? I, I'm, I don't even know how I define fitness. Um, I love these questions because they're just off the cuff and, and a lot of them I haven't prepared for. So it's good. <laughs> what is fitness? Um, movement, breaking a sweat and feeling better. So for me, like sometimes I'll have like, not even like, like a headache or like head pressure. Right. And then I'll, I'll be like, Oh, I haven't like drank water in a while, mm -hmm. like most of the day, or I haven't eaten in a while. Right. So then I'll chug a bunch of water and like five minutes later, I feel like completely like amazingly better. Yeah. Or sometimes I'll have, um, some slight headache or, or, or head pressure. And I'll go for a, a two to five mile run and I come back and like, it's gone. And maybe it was just stress. Maybe it was, you know, the things I have to do on, in my daily life and practice and business and, and all that. So what is health or what, um, what is uh, fitness? I don't know if that's even a good definition, but for whatever <laughs> reason it popped in my head, uh, movement, breaking a sweat, meaning, you know, getting your, your heart up to a certain beats per minute and, uh, 
I think, yeah, I would think it would just define it like that. So how about you all? Let me kick it back. So when you yeah. hear fitness, how do you, how is your current description or, or definition of fitness? It's uh, the ability to, to assess and measure observable, repeatable, measurable, how our bodies work and what they are capable of. So a few of the definitions that I've really liked that people have thrown out is, is the ability to adapt to a new climate. So if somebody said, Hey, like, there's, there's a fire going on. Like we need you to, to run to the 22nd floor and, you know, save a body. Like, could you do that? Um, so there's ways we can measure all that. And that's where I come back to, to the movement literacy. Uh, and again, like, just like we get a report card in high school, like how good are you at calculus, Spanish and, uh, and all those things. Uh, I like to measure people's ability to move. So you kind of, it kind of ties into what you, your definition was. So, uh, measuring that, and then we go from competence with each of those things. That's the first stage. And then we eventually build on capacity. So what is your capacity? And that's kind of the CrossFit definition is work capacity over broad time and modal domains. So my definition comes back to, uh, are we able to measure it? And again, it should be somewhat meaningful to you. But yeah, if you're not able to twist, lunge, squat, hinge, all these different basic things that our bodies can do, then, you know, if you're having pain getting out of bed, that fits into the, 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 the equation of fitness. So there's the pain side, there's the fitness side, there's a health and wellness spectrum. Uh, so there's a lot to it. And, and again, I've tried to narrow it into like a 20 minute TED talk, uh, which apparently I found out TED talks are actually like 17 minutes, not 20. I thought they were 20. But uh, yeah, I, I, we are coming Science up on time. It. Yeah, we're coming up <laughs> on, uh, on and hopefully that makes sense. I don't know if you have thoughts on that before we, we wrap it up. Um, no, I like hopefully. it. I, I that that is a a much more eloquent definition than what I said, which is something that's uh, the the ability to move and and it, there's some measure some measurement of a measurement component um, because or, or repeatable because then you can actually quantify it. Um, I think that's uh, a, yeah, it makes sense. And 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 to add a little bit to that, I mean, again, most people think their blood work, their cholesterol numbers, their blood pressure. Like there's certain ranges that if you're within those ranges, like you're healthy or you're fit enough, your resting heart rate might be one of those. Again, if you have a, a wearable tracker, like you can see how some of those things play out. But, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think that right now, most humans do not know a lot about their own bodies uh, and, and the skin that they're in. Uh, and they don't know how to, you know, feel better, move better. And that's where we, I think a lot of physical therapists have trouble selling that and saying like, get out of pain, but then also, uh, and, and I'll throw this this at you last second or last last question maybe before we move on is you mentioned it kind of a little bit. Do you have a maintenance program or when somebody's out of that pain because they come see you for pain, right? Uh, more, more often than not, and they have a diagnosis when they're done with that. Do you do you guys have a maintenance program? Are you referring them to a trainer to to any kind of program? It didn't sound like it based on what you said earlier, but uh, definitely wanted to clarify that. We, we definitely, it's, it's more, it's not like a huge organized program, but it is like we take someone from pain and dysfunction, impairment, episodic care, and we'll continue to work with them. It's basically mm -hmm. the same price though. It's the same price for the, the time that uh, we don't do, you know, big packages or anything like that at the time, because then you'd have to like resell or represent after a certain mm -hmm. amount of time. So once someone's out of, you know, their pain or impairment or their issue of what they originally contacted us with. Uh, we'd be happy to continue to work with them. We just utilize a lot of body weight movements. They might have home exercise equipment, uh, maybe their home gym, depending would, on would, would Manhattan you, would you or Brooklyn. Yeah, would you just say that switching over to like the physical therapist becomes a personal trainer at that point? So there, there is some of that even, you know, I think we're always reassessing and they might have some tweaks or issues or stressors or other, other things that they mention that we could then help with, whether it's... Um, some hands-on techniques, even when they're then better. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's most, it's, it's a little bit crossover into the, you know, performance training, personal training, but like, we're not still, we're not going to like identify as a personal trainer though. Like we're still right. the physical therapist. We're having them move and exercise. Um, and if they want to retain us under basically the same cost, uh, so, so more expensive than any personal trainer for the most part, for the most <laughs> oh, part. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> there's it, there's an array so yeah. um there is there is that crossover and then if the, if like maybe our schedule doesn't work with their schedule or their budget doesn't allow for that then yeah like we'll um maybe they had a personal trainer for years before the back pain so yeah. then we turn them back over to the personal trainer we'll have some transitional period some handoff we'll speak to the trainer over the phone or something um and let them know what our thoughts are and and build a relationship like that so it really depends on the person we can continue with them if they want to go back to their Equinox gym or something, 
by all means do that. Uh, they can call us anytime if they need like a little tune up or a check in. And then our tune ups and check ins are kind of like what you're doing, where it's a little more of like that holistic approach. If something slightly feels off, but they also want us to watch how they squat, lunge, jump, you know, burpee, whatever, um, then we do that. So it, it goes from the episodic to a little more of the wellness and, and training stuff. I love it. I love it. We will wrap up there again, coming up on time. Um, tell everyone where they can find you. I'm going to play out here with stone cold as you do that. Sure. Uh, so Dave Kittle, uh, you can Google me. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, concierge If you're interested, you can type in uh, home physical therapy in New York city and our website or, or Google ad will probably pop up. So love it, man. Appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully everyone got at least 1% better today. Do that stone cold stunner on your next patient <laughs> uh, or have, teach them how to do it on you. And we're going to, we're going to sign off. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, review, rate, all that good stuff, guys. And uh, we'll see you all next time on 